That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I started a new job this week. Yay! Yes, you did. Congratulations. Very fun. It's, wow, you guys. Leaving the house to go work is a whole world that I've really been missing. Um, <laughs> it feels good to get in a car and go somewhere. Yeah, it's nice And to earn leave. a paycheck. It's, Ugh, nice. it's it's just yeah, it's it's nice to go home. It, it's it's nice to come home too. Yes, you know, that's like the payoff is that le- like leaving is you know eventually you'll be like, do I have to go? It's the coming home. That's the that's the real really the like the, spot. the sweet spot for sure for well, sure. There's this like you know quite the opposite of restaurants trying to do things to lure service industry workers back in or whatever so no one wants to go back to offices you know mm-hmm, if you've heard mm-hmm. these headlines where everyone's mm-hmm. just decided that like work from home really works you know or at least they're trying to demand the hybrid work schedule where it's like okay fine two days in office three days at home or an inverse of that so this office building that's been rented for our show um they are pulling out all the stops in that kitchen, trying to get people to want to live there, uh, base every drawer, every cupboard, the fridge is stocked with every silly treat. Like we were like, this is like a fucking kitchen made out of carnival food. This is insane. So spoiled. I can't I'm, wait until two weeks from now and you're like, fuck all this food. I'm so <laughs> sick of it. Ugh, can we just fucking can someone just get me tender greens ASAP? Thank you. I listen, I know I was because they like actually bought healthy things, I have abstained from eating the garbage. I was like, oh, a little individual hummus packet and carrots. Look at me, I'm doing it. But it's like probably next week when I'm gonna break down and, yeah. and heat heat up a hot pocket that's in yeah, the uh, freezer. Totally. <laughs> Brian's got this like shiny new studio for NFL network where he works and like they've got amazing snacks and there's like coffee and drink stations with like really oh, yeah. good coffee and he's always and he's just like if I see another bag like of individual beef jerky I'm gonna punch somebody in the face <sighs> like you know if I, I see know. another like I love I love as much free bubbly as I can get but boy oh boy um but yeah but still what are we you know it's not it's, there's so much more to complain about there's so you know much, but they, they are gunning for it we were like the light in here is kind of harsh four minutes later the office managers brought in you know, like those uh, adjustable, those lamps with the dimmers oh, and like surrounded Jesus the room Christ. with lamps. And they're wow. like, would you like plants in here? And we're right. like, that's good. Well, from someone who works at a place that's been like thoroughly feng shui'd for like yes. over a year and a half, I completely know what you mean. Well, you guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Employed people of the world. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> it was about two and a half months between my jobs, um, you know, and you do that math and you're like, God, like, thank goodness I, you know, booked a little commercial that helped, you know, mm-hmm, to have some mm-hmm. of that income. And mm-hmm. guys, I'm telling you, you try and use your downtime as wisely as you can while you're looking for another job. I got a commercial agent in that time. So it all, it all feels really good, but it just feels even better when you go back to having a paycheck and knowing where it's going to come from. Yeah, and that's really it, you know, and the the hang up about it it is, I think like being freelance is like, is very similar to being a server as being a bartender because you just don't fucking know like how much money you're going to get when you're going to get your money, when your next job's coming, like, are you going to be busy? Like, it's as stressful. I know so many people 
in the industry that are just like, I guess I have to work all the fucking time because I just don't even know like what I'll make money next. And that's a server mentality, you know? Yes, it like, is. You mm-hmm. get while the getting's good, mm-hmm. uh, you know? Yeah. And as much as I <laughs> like, sorry, we will talk about service industry. I mean, we're, we're relating we to it. We are, but like <laughs> our specific shit, you know what I'm saying? What eh. cyber podcasts all about. But, you know, there was a little part of me that was like, well, I've got some money saved. Maybe I'll really risk it and go for that, like, artist pursuing. And then you're like, no, like a cool job came along. And Mm -hmm. as much as it's hard sometimes to like, it's a big deal to say yes to Monday through Friday, you know, for several months again. But it's like it buys you ability to finance something else that you want to do. And it was just but it was that very much that squirrely little like I'll piece it together, maybe hosting karaoke again and maybe picking up some shifts at Tom's. And it was just like, man, when when regular jobs that you can actually say this is how much I'm going to make in how many months. I was like, I got to do it. It's a great opportunity. Absolutely. You do. One hundred percent. Adult. Adult shit. It's good. Man, you got to. It's you're good. Everything's good. I sounded good. I sounded like uh, James from the American season of Love on the Spectrum. Have you watched that? He's like, oh, fuck yes, I have. Oh, He's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the Dracula right now. I mean, that's not how we hold this cape, but like, oh my God. Love He's on the Spectrum, amazing. you guys, this is this is a free plug for the show oh, yeah. Love on the Spectrum. It's on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen it, there's two first seasons that are Australian and then one American season. And it is autistic adults who are fucking looking for love Ugh, and is like the most genuine, beautiful show I've ever seen scene like ew, I, do I get the feels so many feels you're laughing you're rooting for them you're oh, cringing cry. you're crying like yeah, a, yeah. but it's, it's beautiful if you've it's never clicked beautiful. on it do it and you you do it you will know what I'm oh oh James oh what dad oh my god <laughs> oh. it's so good it's so good um well let's let's jump into some headlines uh shall we yeah um, we got some good ones this week you know yes. okay this Coming from the L.A. Times, there is a new law in California uh, that it's actually not that new. It was passed in 2017. But as we know, Hmm. the way that things trickle down, things pass and then they're not legally supposed to be implemented until like years later. Like that's how a lot of laws that go into place work. They're like, we passed it, but like no one has to like do anything for three years. So this very specific law called the Responsible Beverage Service Act um, is required for any bartender, waitstaff, managers, anybody who has any place that has a license to serve alcohol, anybody that can serve alcohol, anybody who checks an ID um, or would be like in the process, right, right, of like um, anybody being served alcohol. Okay. So this is to train people on inebriation, the signs of being drunk, what to look for, what not to look for. Um, but <laughs> California has by the end of the summer to every bar to and get- restaurant employee has to have this done and be certified by the end of summer. And oh, so far boy. only 33,000 people have been certified. Yeah. And how many millions of people? <laughs> I mean, it's gonna It's going to be millions of people. Yeah. yeah. And obviously the fucking pandemic like put a huge spin on this and people are like, Oh, so it affects 56,000 establishments in California that are licensed mm-hmm, wow. to buy and consume alcohol on site. So I would, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. Um, I have not heard of this in other states. I'm going to assume there's some states where it exists, like Utah, maybe. You know, we do have a Utah uh, native uh, that we're going to be interviewing in a little bit. Maybe he can shed some light on it. Um, but yeah, the approved law happened in 2017, but like not a lot of people are aware of it. Um, and it was a assemblywoman from San Diego who pushed for the state mandated responsible beverage service training in the aftermath of a car crash allegedly caused by a drunk driver that killed UC, two UC San Diego medical students um, and seriously injured three others. So, you know, there's like passion behind this, but like. Yeah, it's just, it's just a lot that has to go down to like, and I think there's like some wiggle room until everybody like figures it out. Like, but it costs money. Um, it's three dollars to receive a nine-digit code just to even like do the testing, and then people, of course, are confused about like, like in this article they're saying like I did the testing, but it was for the wrong state, so I'm certified. I'm in certified wrong- in Idaho, but <laughs> not here. 
Um, and there's of course like third party, like training providers that are stepping in and stuff, but it sounds just like kind of a clusterfuck right now. So like, yeah, if you guys are in California and listening to this. Like, have you been certified? Do you even know this is happening? Like yeah. what's the process? This feels on par with like putting off your taxes where you're suddenly like, I don't want the paperwork. Ah, it's a deadline. Well, like my question is too, is it like, are you as an individual then certified and then you can like go and have any best service industry job like you want? Like, can hmm, you, or does it right. like per restaurant? Like if you get hired at a new place, do you have to retake it? Oh, it would seem like it, you, the individual so. would hold it. Right. Is yes. what I would think. Yes. Like the way that you're certified as an esthetician, correct? Well, you know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's very different. I think this is on par with like having to take like a, um, sexual the sexual harassment like sure. training and get certified in that it's going to be on par with that which your employees are 100% in charge of making sure that you do um you know i mean and everybody has to do that like i mean across the board so, like and every job that's like has an employee like so i'm assuming it's something really similar to that yeah it's so funny we'll they quote they quoted Eugene Lee, who is over at the uh, Big Bar in Alcove, who's mm-hmm. uh, Victoria, our friend, knows them and has worked helped them with their bar cro- program and all that stuff. He does, yeah, he's the one who said like a bunch of us did it and ended up having our training in another state by accident. And he's quoted as saying, "This is this requirement is expensive for a whole lot of BS." And it didn't yeah. seem very clear. I and, mean, yeah, I mean, and then Death and Co, you know, also buddies with fucking Victoria. She knows everybody. But like um, they are saying, like, look, like, it's just something we have to do. But like it's it, there's support for the training. And they're like, it's important, you know, like you, right. you probably should all just be aware of the signs of someone being like totally wasted um and to be like we're all trained to like come in on it together and be like look at the license buddy i got a license to not serve you i got a license (laughs) to 86 your ass Mm -hmm. um you know uh well it sounds like what a bar or restaurant could do is to fulfill these requirements they can designate time for staff to all attend training and try and give them an hourly rate, try and right. maybe squeeze it in while right. you're like already everybody working. come into work an hour early and we'll just get the shit done, you know. Just knock it out, baby. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Sure, sure. Wow. I know. That's right? that's anxiety inducing. I know, especially for like trying to like down to the wire for sure. It's definitely like our papers due tomorrow and I haven't even studied. Ah! <laughs> Story of my life. Uh... So this next story, which is also very fun. Yeah. Um, this and one interesting. Is, yeah. So this is um, <laughs> breakingtravelnews.com is where I found this article. Um, so Hilton is training waiters and waitresses to become what they're calling weightographers uh, in order to capture the perfect photo. Now, we have talked on this podcast in the past about how fucking annoying it is to be like, oh, we're using our photo. And like, yes, you know, but we do it because we're nice. And but Hilton is um, stepping up their fucking game and they've Mm -hmm. actually done their research. And apparently there's there's one point seven two trillion photographs that are taken per year across the world. Um, But, you know, a lot of people are looking for more snaps to get that special moment. Um, And two fifths, 38 percent of pictures captured by loved ones. Uh, or waiters and waitresses are deemed bad. So Hilton did all this research and they're basically like, why don't we up our fucking game and put all of our servers through a training process? So they found this amazing photographer. Uh, he's Lebanese. His name is Roger, Roger. Uh, Mukarzal. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he is known across the globe at being an amazing, amazing, renowned photographer. And he's basically turning uh, all of these Hilton employees into semi-professional photographers to ensure these guests have an amazing experience. Well, and to be fair, while I would be like, oh, fuck you, what is this training? You do get a certification. Yeah. Once again, both headlines about certifications and all of these life skills that (laughs) servers are now potentially going to have in addition to everything else they do. And they could be card carrying certified sort of folks. You know what I'm saying? Look, part of, as much as it sounds annoying, I'm also like, this is kind of fucking cool, dude, to be taught as someone who 
did photography in high school and as you and and into college and you were very much into photography as well and have a great eye for it for someone to teach you the basics on how to do something correctly just to like add to your arsenal your fucking life skills arsenal is great (laughs) i mean we are an image obsessed society now Mm -hmm. ever since we got cameras that could become front facing and capture our dumb selfie loving faces Mm -hmm. it's it is just the way of the world it is you know uh, it is something we do to capture every goddamn moment now you know but i would say the number one thing people like to do is like a nice picture of them out at dinner or a nice picture of their food and yeah it does make sense when you're saying like 38 percent of these photos were an angry busy waiter which like let's be fair let's not judge them for doing their job and also trying to help you out but you're like fucking disappointed so you know and taking this and then basically what they're doing is and I'm sorry, these are no brainers. I'm like, I already consider myself certified, but some of his hot oh, tips. The tips. Yeah, exactly. He's like, get closer <laughs> in instead of zooming so that you don't pixelate. It's like, yeah, no fucking duh. Um, <laughs> catch the right expressions. It's your job to capture the perfect moment. So like not when they're chewing with one eye closed, you're saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. don't do that, you uh-huh. say. <laughs> Uh, clean the lens with your apron. I, I, I suggest that. That's my hot tip. I don't know. Oh, I think that's actually good because people's phones are disgusting. So, <laughs> um, And then shoot in burst mode so that you've got, you know, fucking 50 photos. You asked for it. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. But these employee, uh, these employees of the Hilton Hotel and the brand, Um, They were saying that at this point, almost 200 team members from hotels across the country and 500 globally have been trained and they wear like basically tags to say that they are a certified photographer. It's like a little camera like pin, like a little camera flare, you know, right, right. You know, so then you can wave them over instead of the server who's got five burning hot pasta (laughs) entrees on their arm uh, to take your fucking photo. Happy birthday yeah. to you, Sally. Sally. Um, I think, I but yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's like, I don't know. I think it's, they're going to not terrible. They're going to ask us to do it. And it is like, you know, there are some people who go above and beyond. And like, I can't stand taking a bad picture for someone, um, you know, and then I guess Hilton's just looking at this as another way to serve you. So. Yeah, it's cool. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, great headlines today. Uh, so let's jump into some server. Submitted a story. 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 It's one story. I can uh, I can take off with this. I'll, I'll get it Please. going. You want that wonderful? Yeah. This is fun. It kind of will unpack a few things after we read it. But um. Let's get in there. Here we go. All right. Hey, girls, love the podcast. I have so many stories from working at an 18-seat restaurant slash gas station where I had to not only serve food and pump gas, but get minnows for people. (laughs) She is from Canada, my friends. Um, But she also worked at a club in downtown Toronto with four floors where she was a shot girl and her fellow employee drank her own tray full of shots and ran away into a cab, leaving her shoes behind. That's an Irish goodbye if I've ever heard one. Okay, so the worst, though, had to be working in retail, which I would love to revisit some retail episodes again. Oh, How yeah, about you? I'm in. I'm way in. So fun. So thank you for reminding us that that's fun to cover. So she says, I got a job as a department manager at a trendy store and was really excited. They were very excited to have me. Shortly after starting, I got pregnant, and the whole vibe switched. They stopped training me and teaching me anything new. They would have me working and receiving and handling huge shipments of heavy stacks of boxes all by myself. And then they were pissed when work became too overwhelming for me from the morning sickness, et cetera, et cetera. And then I had to go on a two-week leave. I'm also like, why would you put the pregnant person in like the heavy objects department? That sounds like they're trying to make you quit. Right. Or they're like, put pregnant people in the back where no one can see them. But both of the above, all of the above. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I went off work two months early, full of anxiety, and I would cry every day. Returning from maternity leave was a fucking nightmare. They automatically assumed I would not be back and were surprised to hear me inquiring about how to go 
about how to go about returning. They very reluctantly placed me at a store and I came back three days a week to start and was promptly guilted into doing four days before I was really ready. There was nowhere to pump breast milk because every room was either in constant use or had video cameras in it. I was told to just go pump in the bathroom. You know what? I said fuck it and pumped in the rooms with the cameras. I would ask for some kind of predictable schedule and be promised one, but it would last about two weeks, then be back to crazy hours. It was so impossible to get daycare and I was drowning in childcare costs. I tried to communicate with my managers about everything and got a sympathetic, we hear you, but nothing would ever get done. So I got pissed and I wrote a letter to the head office with all my suggestions for how to handle pregnant employees or employees returning to work from maternity or paternity leave and complete with a list of resources I made for them to help them shape new policies. I made myself available, let them know I could link them up with midwives, doulas, lactation consultants, et cetera, et cetera. And I sent off my angry but very optimistic email. I can do another paragraph here. Head office called me back the same afternoon and we had a great conversation about how things could be better and that they put out some material to help managers with this. I was thrilled. Thrilled. Take it thrilled. from here. Yes. Yeah. So the HR, the HR lady that I had been dealing with got word and she asked me why I didn't come to her and then told me I should have known better and that I can let them know any issues I have. Mm, I was yeah. uncomfortable with this because I wasn't being listened to and she was the same lady that assumed I wouldn't be back after having a baby. I got a rough draft of the material they put out to help ease new parents back into working at the store, and it was just a bunch of bullshit that didn't work or teach anybody anything at all. I was bummed but figured it would be a work in progress. Shortly after this, I was fired. Ooh. It was one of those situations where uh, I would make little mistakes and get written up while others would get a warning. Fuck, dude. It took me years to get over this because I truly wanted to learn to do my best and make things better for people who were hired after me, but it just wasn't meant to be. My anxiety got a lot worse and I became depressed, but don't worry. There is a happy ending. Uh, I went on a road trip to my hometown to visit my grandma and got a job doing what I love, sewing warm things on a sheep farm in the middle of nowhere. It's a family-run business where every employee is truly taken care of as if they are family. This place has been healing for so many of us and has shown me there are good ethical businesses out there. My son and I are very happy and surrounded by family in my hometown. And I started a business selling upcycled denim bucket hats. And I think it's taking off a bit. Uh, and we will plug that in one second. Um, after years of therapy and working on myself, I now understand that my worth isn't tied up in a retail job. And I am happy. Fuck yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, large moral of the story is if we're stressed and anxious and depressed, we got to go get jobs on sheep farms. You oh know? my God. Fuck yeah. Or Make a goat farm. Things. Any sort of, you know, four, four legged hooved animals, you know? Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Making goat cheese, you know, in the middle of nowhere. That is how you get your groove back, honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the company is at uh, Just Dying Woe. Uh, J-U-S-T-D-Y-E-N-W-O is where you can go find those upcycled denim bucket hats, um, which I'm going to check out ASAP. I know. I was like, I usually need my bucket hat to be an extra large bucket for my extra large head. I have to like um, go down like it should. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Look, I think, you know, I don't know if we like really specifically talked about like pregnancy discrimination, but it's so fucking real. Um, I know people who it's happened to. And I think it's just this trickle down bullshit that like women who are pregnant can't do anything. They're like, which we all know they can do anything. Um, and this is, I mean, I, I'm glad that this was a happy ending, but I'm just like, this is straight up discrimination. What happened? It's, there just aren't protections, uh, in place just really at all, f especially mm -hmm. when you're in the service industry and mm -hmm. doing this, you've got to figure out what to do or how long you're going to be fully pregnant and work in stressful, usually dangerous situations. Uh, our good buddy, Molly, the bartender who was just on like a month or so ago, she is stepping away from bartending. Mm -hmm. To bring a baby into this world. Very mm -hmm. fun, exciting news. But she's doing it really early in the game. Mm -hmm. Probably because she knows 
what a toll it is to bartend, lift kegs, and she wants to ensure uh, that she has a happy, healthy pregnancy. Totally. And so it's just really hard in this service sector when it's what you do and you have no protections. Absolutely. And to be put like when you're supposed to be on the floor, to be like in the back, uh, specifically lifting heavy things and out of sight, out of mind is uh, not fucking cool at all. I'm this. Yeah. Like, well, I feel like this this email not only brought up the fact that I was like, we should do an episode where we research and hear from mm-hmm. people about being pregnant mm-hmm. uh, while working counter service restaurant mm-hmm. and or bar and um, how they handled it. Is this you care to send us a note? We are ready to hear you sound off. And then we want to pick up uh, an episode that we've been hatched. We hatched a bit ago, but like talking about how it's, you know, a real juggling act being in the service industry while then being a parent of one yeah. or more children. Um, so we would really like to, you know, y- y'all are seen. Okay. Y'all are seen. And we've, we've meant to, touch on it it's just where these two childless spinsters who it's not our you know it's not our most familiar topic but we're gonna go there talk to some parents i do i'm not a childless spinster (laughs) we have dogs um daycare is expensive um but you guys any stories you know where to send them over to sideworkpod at gmail.com Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, you guys, we're super happy um, today to be chatting with uh, a very good friend. My fucking, he's a relative. We're blood. <laughs> we share blood. He is my cousin, uh, and his name is Ty Hess. Ty, welcome to Sign Work Podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good to see you, cuz. Good to see you, cuz. Um, I haven't seen you since your wedding, which was incredible, which we actually did talk about on this we podcast. Talked about all there, was, there was it was an incredible feat. Um, and how there was definitely one night where I uh drank a lot of I I like I like ate mushrooms and drank like then I was like, this beer is delicious. And then someone was like, it's 14%. And I was like, I bye everybody. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of happened. But well, I think I will, that was the thing. I will uh, never forget your karaoke set. That's for sure. <laughs> what did she <laughs> What did she sing, Ty? Uh, Betty Davis eyes? Oh, yeah, I did a Which Bobby one? McGee. Bobby McGee. Oh, was, <laughs> no. That was, real, was definitely after a 14% beer. That was a real barn burner. Everybody. Real barn burner. Yep. Everybody dropped the mic and got out of there after that. Yeah, everybody was like... I should go to bed. She's fucking <laughs> no, no. But it was amazing. Um, but you know, Ty, we I we've talked about having you on the podcast for so long. Um, you are one of these rare creatures that uh, you're a chef. You're a trained and certified chef. So, Chef Hess, thank you for joining us today. Um, but close. you, you're you're pretty much a service industry lifer. Like you have held probably every position a restaurant has to offer. Correct. Yeah, you know, I've 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 done a lot. I've done it all in a lot of different capacities, and and it's it's pretty crazy to think back on like twenty years of well, more than twenty years of getting after it in the restaurant biz. So, so let's just like, where did you cut your teeth? Because was it in D.C. or was it in Utah? Well, I actually started uh, culinary classes, like kind of like a trade school in high school. Um, so I started working, you know, as as most chefs do, as a dishwasher. I was at a golf country club and it was super fun and silly. And, um, yeah, I started taking culinary classes so I didn't have to take math classes. 
That was pretty <laughs> nice. sweet. Oh, yeah. that is that is my workaround right there. You yeah. just did the yeah, exactly. I'm like, can I take home ec? Just yeah, it was to, great. You know, I was like, yeah, the only math they taught you is how to balance your husband's checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I decided I'd rather learn measurements than, you know, calculus. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was a really cool opportunity. And I'm super stoked that I was able to do that and through the um, school in Washington, D.C. area. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And then, uh, yeah, I decided right off the bat I was going to go to culinary school. And I went down to Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, the, ma- the amazing food town of Charleston. If you guys haven't been, I uh, have been. Know. It's incredible. And yeah. I am super bummed. I never went down there when you guys were there, especially when your folks had the house down there. I don't know what the hell my problem was. Um, <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't know. I just didn't. I just straight didn't know. And like you, like like Ty just said to all of us, like if you haven't been to the like amazing like town and experience the culinary art that is Charleston. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of amazing flavors and uh, kind of classic, you know, classic technique and uh, mixed in with uh, some really cool Southern roots. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I learned a lot down there um, kind of the hard way and it was, it was amazing. Um, yeah. And uh, the secret's kind of out on Charleston, by the way, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, it was kind of, kind of, um, you know, down dirty and gritty. And now it's, it's blown up. It's crazy. I was there a couple of years ago and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how much growth the city seen. Is it's it? The, it's the Nashville of South Carolina. Yeah, Is it like exactly. in, in the good, in a good way, in a bad or a bad way? How do you feel about it? You know, probably a good way. I mean, the restaurant industry there has exploded and there's some amazing, really cool restaurant popping up so yeah i guess in a a good way it kind of depends i don't live there anymore so i couldn't say like you know how the traffic is or whatever but sure (laughs) but uh yeah there's less there's less bill murray sightings for sure now that it's more popular (laughs) yeah absolutely true and i think you have to pay for parking at folly beach now which is bullshit Oh my God. I'm telling you <laughs> these, these older cities, right. They never gave a shit about like having, you know, metered parking and like these gated lots, whatever. Now they're part of this whole new entourage of these like Uber, uh, like futuristic ones where it's like download the app. And, and I was like, I don't want to download an app for my fucking know, right? parking meter. I don't Sometimes I'd rather download this. an app than uh, use a fucking parking machine that I can't see with my sunglasses on. I'm just going to say that right now. And I don't know how I don't know how like older people like my dad for instance like don't get tickets all the time because he <laughs> struggles a little bit with some technology and and yeah it, it, it's it's pretty wild I don't know oh and then when you walk like you walk like half a mile across the lot to the one ticket machine and then you're like I don't know my fucking license plate number. (laughs) I mean, but you know who that is the biggest pain in the ass for is people who work for people who have to go work at these restaurants and are used to not having to pay. And now they have to fucking pay or find secret parking spots, which we all have secret parking spots in situations like that. But it just is a huge pain in the ass and there's a trickle and everybody fucking suffers for sure. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, working down in Charleston in the old town quarter and rainbow row and all that good stuff. I definitely had some parking tickets and had my Jeep towed several times. Um, that definitely was a problem. Now, was that because you would leave your Jeep overnight sometimes or was it a combination of both things? Probably, yeah, definitely both. I, uh, we, Charleston is definitely a little bit of a party town. I'll tell you that. And like, and definitely left my Jeep hanging around downtown for several days a couple times, dude so. we knew we're fucking notorious for getting tickets living in chicago because they were like brutal. we lived across the street from a high school and you get ticketed all the time and then just one day your car is either gone or you're booted and right. that's just life and that's just what it's called uh i think it's being in your 20s and it's, oh, yeah. i think is just what that's oh, called yeah. and then you don't yeah. pay the ticket and then it goes late and then next thing you know you got a boot and yeah it's just a trickle just it's bad. a whole tricks. It's a whole bag of trickles for some sure. Of the, some of those parking signs you have to have a law degree to like understand too, especially in <laughs> especially oh, in Washington. We live in LA, DC. baby. Oh yeah, I'm sure DC is the same way. Yeah, um, so. so did you start front of house work more in Charleston, or were you just primarily back of house? I I went straight to back of house, and you know it was it was crazy. Um, my first real kitchen job, um, you know the historic restaurant of Magnolias down there. 
I walked into uh interview, you know, I was like, I was checking out the school and I, I knew I wanted to work there. And I, I remember very clearly walking past the line and going to meet the chef and the line cook looked at me and said, the gooch and just gave me a nickname, never met me. And I was the gooch right off the bat. And um, yeah, it was a crazy experience and it was the hottest kitchen still to this day that I've ever worked in. Um, it's crazy. Um, Did everybody sweat? The entire staff probably was sweaty. Huh? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I imagine like in Charleston too, especially in some of these older restaurants, you're getting servers who are definitely wearing like denim on denim, you know, like fancy <laughs> aprons, like everybody's just dripping with sweat and like it's humid as fuck. Absolutely. Um, yeah, totally. That's me. That's Magnolia's like to the T and <laughs> have you Actually, tried cornmeal? Our... <laughs> <laughs> cornmeal? You mean cornstarch? Cornstarch? Corn <laughs> oh, dude. I can't do that. It That's just turns to a slurry eventually. And then it's yeah. like <laughs> taking a sauce with it. No, I like <laughs> I like that someone mistakenly used cornmeal instead of cornstarch. Oh, though. man. That would be rough. <laughs> no, I know you. Didn't. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so when I met, you know, like when I came to visit you years and years and years ago, you were back in the D.C. area. And you were managing a, a restaurant. You were front of house, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I just kind of wanted to get as much experience in the restaurant world as I could. You know, I, you know, I had the dream for sure to open my own place at some point. Almost did this past year. Thank God I didn't before COVID. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to get as much experience. So I'm, you know, after kind of cutting my teeth in the kitchens of. Um, Magnolias and McCrady's, some amazing restaurants down south. Um, McCrady's Wrestling Peace is not there anymore. But um, yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, but, anyways, yeah, I moved back up to Washington, D.C., uh, where my folks were and family and stuff. And um, yeah, I started working with a neighborhood restaurant group, amazing, amazing restaurant group in D.C. that I don't even know how many restaurants they have now and breweries and stuff. But um, awesome place to learn kind of some front of house management skills and, um, you know, learned a ton about wine, um, a ton about beer. Uh, I got my Cicerone certificate there, which is, is super nice. cool. I almost got beer nerd, uh, tattooed across my uh, knuckles. We actually had an, in Chicago that almost happened. If you yes, recall right. specifically, yeah. on a, I, I think you wedding, made, yeah. I think you made the right choice, Ty. I think well, you I made actually, the right choice. I was actually just talking about it. Cause like, I don't drink as much beer anymore and I'm mm -hmm. definitely not nerded out on it as much as I used to be. So kind of glad. I, I wonder what you would have to change that to like a Winona forever to like a wino forever yeah. or like a, <laughs> Like right yeah, now it's yeah. hard seltzer, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like Seltzer. Yeah, for sure. I know. I like, like it's bear, a deer, a deer herd. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that could be good. Wait, be like, wait, it's wait. a it's an inside joke. You wouldn't understand. That's what uh, I say. Well, Andrea, he just mentioned, you know, how, getting certified. And then mm -hmm. we brought up in one of our articles in our headlines earlier in the episode. Um all of California, anyone who basically handles or serves alcohol in the entire state, like our three-year warning is up and everyone has to scramble and individually get certified by the end of the summer. For basically like training, um, like safe, like alcohol mm -hmm. training. That's what it is. Yeah. Basically. You, does Utah, I assume Utah has something like oh, that in place already. Utah, Utah barely lets you have it, period. Hey. You know, it's like on a full moon. It's changed a ton. You know what? Yes. Yeah. I'm tired of all these rumors about Utah. I mean, I want people to stay out of Utah because it's getting busier, busier and busier. And so I kind of like those rumors, but you know, I've never had a hard time getting drunk in Utah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. As so. you, I, I also never have. Yeah. There is stuff and things are changing. Like, you know, like the city, the state is really evolving with the times like you yeah. used to, you know, and that's just how it is. Like, um, sure. but yeah. Yeah, and we're not we're we're certainly not talking shit. You're you're here to you know tell us tell us the real deal. Uh, yeah, no, sure. it's all good. Um, but it's know. certainly no surprise that Utah's had something like that in place for a very long time. Whereas California's just implementing it. Yeah. You have to have like a certification to like safely you know safely serve somebody alcohol or know yeah. what to do. You know. Yeah, I think it's called serve safe here, and yeah, it's just like you know so you don't over serve people and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But 
but yeah um yeah i mean i guess it's a good thing right i, I don't know so you learned all that you did in dc and then and then everybody heads back to utah like you're the place of your birth your yeah, homeland your yeah, zion you go home to zion, go home to zion <laughs> i'm kidding yes. ah. the, the stay mountains, sweet pray and the obey we're calling of course yeah yeah, um, and one thing that we should say about you, Ty, is that you are also an. Ex- I, I I don't I want to I don't want to use the word extreme, but like you're an adventurer. You love to like river raft, which we'll talk about like your certification and like where that's taken your life in a minute. But you rock climb and you ski and snowboard like a maniac, and you're just you're an outdoorsy boy, you know. Yeah, you know that's that's kind of comes with the territory, I think, out here. But um, yeah, yeah, Ty's garage looks like a fucking REI. Like I'm just saying. <laughs> Like yeah. I was, I was like, do you guys have thir- thirty backpacks? And he's like, yeah, they're all they all do different stuff. Don't even. I, I, it's hard to explain. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hefty. But um, yeah, so yeah, Washington D.C. was awesome, and I was just like, man, I'm tired of the rat race, kind of tired of the big city. I was missing grandma. You know my grandma. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. So. Yeah. Grandma Finley, uh, Marion. I heard, I heard, I will talk about it later, but I did hear <laughs> she's, <laughs> I heard her brand new Bronco is like not going to get the glory it deserves. Yeah. So, yeah. Her wife, yeah she, but anyways, she's, um, yeah. <laughs> she lost her license as soon as she bought she a did. Bronco. Pretty yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah. So um, yeah, packed up my Jeep and just drove across country and, you know, came to Utah and, you know, it, it's crazy how different it was like speak just talking about like the restaurant industry and stuff and coming to utah this was oh like 11 years ago i think now um you know it it, it was like maybe five years behind the times of like say washington dc or like big city like like chicago or dc or new york or whatever and 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 it was kind of cool for me to come from dc to this area because I don't know. I was just like, you were like a time traveler from the future. (laughs) You're like, like, I've been and I've seen the ocean. I've brought back knowledge. I can help you. (laughs) Like, why are you still doing orange slices and fucking lettuce, you know, and curly parsley? (laughs) Um. (laughs) It's called cold brew. (laughs) You will need it. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I I love snowboarding. So my first job was obviously, you know, I, I got to go be a ski bum for a little bit. So you know, working in some of the ski resorts and stuff. And at this time, I was still kind of doing the front of house thing. Took a gig up at Snowbird, which was amazing, and uh, well, the skiing was amazing. But uh... <laughs> but what is it like? Right. So you're you're basically like you're the help. It's like a dirty dancing situation, if you will. Right. You're yeah. kind of like the hired totally. help, the hands, and like, you're really just there to reap the benefits of like, I'm going to go down this mountain. There's eighties movies that are like made about jobs like this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. And some, you know, and a lot of ski resorts are now being forced to actually like pay and take care of their employees, which is a mm. whole different story. But, but uh, yeah, when I'm you're like, there, it's not just trade for like sweet powder anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I was there for. And and boy, they, they hold that over your head for sure. There's like, here's your season pass. We'll give you six dollars an hour. And it takes like two hours to get up here. You know, you got to be on time. And and uh, yeah, it's kind of brutal. But, you know, it's, you meet some amazing people. And it's like super fun. Um, great experience, you know. Uh, but yeah, the, the ski industry is tough on restaurant folks. That's for sure. How's that? What, what would you say is like the main hindrance? Oh man. I mean, ski resorts struggle to make money as it is, you know, so that's pretty hard to pay labor. And then, yeah, I I guess that would probably be it. You know, the the expenses of running lifts and all that good stuff. That's really? so crazy that they try and pay you in skiing. What if you're like, I don't do that. Can I please just <laughs> make what? Tips? I don't think you would like, be there if you would. Yeah. Give them people, maybe what? sometimes those are the those are the jobs, you know? That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they do bring in like um, you know, what is it called? Um uh, I can't remember, but we ha- we'd have folks come in from like Jamaica and uh, on visas and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that and seasonal and that was really cool. employees, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. international season. They're probably mm-hmm. like partnered with some other, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's how yeah. it is on cruise ships, you know. Yeah. You get people from all over the world to do this seasonal work, like you know. Yeah, it's crazy, and you know they they just ship them here and make them work every freaking day, and yeah, it's kind of brutal, but 
but they're stoked to be there for sure. So, um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I was doing front of house stuff there and then, you know, I, uh, I was kind of missing the kitchen and being creative and culinary. So uh, yeah, I jumped back in the kitchen with a brewery here in town that was opening a restaurant and it was, yeah, I've been, I've been back at house ever since about 10 years now. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to talk about like, so again, like, you know, chasing, like being able to like work around skiing, you also are a certified river guide and were able to achieve that status. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, he's a ski bum and a river rat. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, you know, man, the the restaurant industry is rough as you guys know, like you get burned out and like, and, uh, you get frustrated and, and whatnot, but so, you know, I, I decided I was going to take a little time off, you know, from the kitchen. And uh, I just went through kind of a, like this crazy breakup and me and my buddies were sitting around one night, pretty hammered. <laughs> and we made, actually, it was like Super Bowl night. And we, we were just like, let's go to guide school and like, see what happens. And like, woke up the next day and I look at my like bank account and I spent like $800 the night before. I was like, holy shit. And you know, uh, dedicated myself to go to this guide school up in Jackson hole. And, uh, so yeah, we, I like sold everything, took my Jeep and my motorcycle and went and lived in a tent for like a month and went to guide school up in Jackson. Um, kind of just get away from the restaurant business, get a, you know, just get a new look at things. And it was crazy. How do you you spend $800 in one night in Utah? First question. Well, it's on the class. Yeah. It's on On the class. Yeah. It's like a week long, like training that you go through and you get some of that money back if they offer you a job or whatever to be a guide with the company. But, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I've been rafting a few times and really enjoyed it. And some of these overnight trips are amazing here in Utah and, and you know, but, through Idaho. But, but did but yeah. you become kind of like a cookie, like, the, you know, of like well, the, 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 the wagon trail, the rat trail <laughs> to be like, I'll take you on this guide. And then I'm also, did I mention I'm a certified chef and I'll cook you a gourmet meal and we're done? Didn't you well, do that? Well, yeah, I was getting to that, cuz. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Hey, I'm trying. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> stepping on your dick, man. I'm just, I'm leading the interview in a nice no, way. Yeah, it's cool. So, so I go through, through <laughs> I go through guide school, right? And, um, you know, they offer me a guide job. But um, they also, this company has a lease on a chunk of land right on the Snake River. It's absolutely beautiful. And they were doing lunches there, boat lunches for the for uh, for guests. It's a trip that you can sign up for, a whitewater trip, and, and do lunches. And, you know, I go down there one time and see what they're cooking. And I was just like, my God, this is atrocious. <laughs> it was like frozen <laughs> potato salad out of a like, tub. It was like just like frozen. They're still putting pars- oranges and parsley are still being used. <laughs> Man, I wish they even had that. Like it was bad. So, so like you know the the company that I was working with was amazing. Like just we were a big tight family. It was so cool. But uh, I went to the managers and I was like, look, I've got this idea. We're in Jackson. This is like a uh, an amazing food town. You know, like we should be offering a really cool dining experience on this space. And they let me run with it. And and it was, it was amazing. I was doing these cast iron, you know, buffet situation where the guests would roll up um, uh, and, and just have this amazing experience where they walked down the line and I was doing, you know, cornmeal crusted catfish. I was doing scallops. I was doing succotash. I was bringing back some of the kind of those classic Southern, um, or low country cuisine items, um, right there on the river. And it took off. It was amazing. We were selling out all of our trips. Um, you know, starting to get some, some, uh, some press and all that good stuff. And unfortunately the company kind of imploded like two years in, Mm. otherwise I'd probably still be there. I mean, it was just Mm. a dream job. I rode the river by myself or with my dog down ahead of the trip and just set up this little buffet and cook by myself and would just watch boats flip in the rapids. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was great. Um, and it's an amazing food town and, and, uh, yeah. So unfortunately that, that came to a close when the kind of corporate folks that owned the company didn't really appreciate that the managers were paying for the employees to, 
go recycle things or like paying hmm. insurance for some of their folks and really kind of taking care of their folks. Um, and the big umbrella company that owned us fired the two managers that had been there for over 20 years without any warning at all. Wow. Yeah, that shit happens yeah. all the time. But you did, yeah. in fact, meet your future wife working there, correct? I did indeed. I did, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My lovely wife, um, the, Alyssa. The shiniest, silverest lining of all, I would yeah, say. Absolutely. Um, but all of this together, like, um, you know, kind of tying it into a bow, like, you now are basically like, uh, I don't know, what, what is your title for Traeger Girls? <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate after all that to come back to Salt Lake and um, you know kind of dabbled around some restaurants and and really fought for a position with uh, Traeger Grills, um, the amazing wood pellet grill company, the original. Um, and you know it was a really tough interview process, but yeah, I'm I'm officially a product development chef for Traeger Grills. So um, you know I do all kinds of stuff from you know I started off doing events and whatnot, but kind of have, have moved up a little bit and really I, I never ever thought that I would be in a, a position of like you know developing rubs and sauces and recipes and writing recipes and doing photo yes. shoots content I'm looking at these grills right stuff, now yeah. I'm like oh dude beautiful it's, it's incredible little and, piggy <laughs> and Ty's really like honed in and like really like upped his game with his on camera like experience in my opinion too <laughs> Um, yeah. That's part of the deal, you know, especially during COVID, right? Like, yeah, listen- absolutely. Yeah, I never thought I'd be like hopping on like Instagram. I did a TikTok video the other day, and I don't even have TikTok. I don't even know what TikTok is. Like, I was like, do I have to dance in reverse or something? Like, I don't. It's not all that. Yeah, but <laughs> it's anyway- not all <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's really cool to do some of that content, and I've met some amazing people throughout the country. I mean the Traeger hood is real and like people are really passionate about their, their grills and what they can do with them. And, um, and Traeger is just an amazing company to work for. They, I, I gotta say, it's like, I've worked for some, some other kind of corporate jobs, like the ski resorts and stuff like that. But, uh, I've never been taken care of, you know, as well as I have with Traeger and, you know, the leadership there's amazing and they're doing some really cool, innovative stuff. And, it's really cool to be part of it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I mean, if you go to Ty's house, he's got, he, I mean, I'm, I, he's got about six Traeger grills in his backyard, <laughs> at least last I counted. He um, has to know how to work all of them, all the nuance, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but, they're, all, yeah. they're all a little different, but yeah, they're super easy and fun. It's like just imparts like this amazing wood flavor to whatever you're cooking. And um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a really cool, innovative company and to be kind of on the front lines of some of that innovation has been really, really fun. That's so awesome. You know, and like we, of course, like talk most about, you know, typically front of house here, but since you've done both, like you've really honed it in, in my opinion, you are just like, we're all a team, no matter what, like you don't, you don't separate front and back. Of course, there's all the bullshit, but because you've been on both sides, I've always known you to like root for everybody as a whole, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I know, I, I guess I kind of know what everybody's going through because I've done mm-hmm. done it all, you know, a little bit in some capacity. Um, I yeah, think the only... they, everyone called you a gooch, you know, day one. <laughs> you just got labeled a gooch. The gooch, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad that one hasn't stuck, but... <laughs> I did when I did go Guess to Charleston. Guess what the episode title? Hmm, I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, episode the title. The I mean, I, Gooch is four letters. You could definitely put it on one of your hands. I'm just you know, saying. I did own it, and like it, you know, I did wear it as a badge at some point, I guess. But it was funny when I when I did go back to Charleston, I ran into you know the old chef, um, who's still still kicking around down there, and and he's. He didn't really remember my name, but he remembered the gooch. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like a lowly line cook at that time, you know, but, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it nicknames and you got to have fun in the kitchen, you know, and kind of going back to that camaraderie and, and keeping everybody on the same team. It's important to keep it light, you know, but, but it's kind of tough not to like divide servers or back at house front of house hostess whatever but when you get into that mentality with a restaurant it's just like it's a virus that 
it wipes people out and causes a lot of problems. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, even going back to like your roots and your be the beginning of it, you know, um, Ty's dad, my uncle, uh, Scott, like worked for the department of education for years. And like one of his main things was to like teach like kids in high school, like skills before they graduated to like forward them and a trade, if you will. Totally. And that's, I, I, that's why Ty, I assume got involved. He, you know, in, in a way got pushed towards something he was interested in. And I think it's this amazing thing to like show you a side of the service industry and then like look what fucking blossoms and becomes of that. Like mm-hmm. Ty is like, you're so, I will say well-seasoned. Uh, I will use that pun. Um, <laughs> she did it. it. She I'll did it. Um, you know, I, I just, I just think it's a really great thing to kind of be catapulted into that world and like learn the ins and outs of it from an early age and like show interest, you know? Totally. So, and, the, and the industry's changing so much. It's, it's just crazy. Um, you know, some, some people, I've had some line cooks come come to me and be like, should I go to culinary school and stuff like that? And that's always a big question people ask. And, 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 you know, sometimes I wish that maybe I didn't, I actually just paid off my loans finally. Oh my God. Congratulations. But anyways, Congrats, yeah. <laughs> but anyways found out you can just be, be hired off of TikTok videos. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but you don't know, worry. TikTok's ruining all of our careers. <laughs> I know, right? I don't even know, man. I can't keep up. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty wild to think that like, you know, if you're passionate and you care about something and you have the drive and you want to learn, you can totally build a career in the hospitality industry, even today where things are so expensive and so hard, like restaurants are still kicking around. Um, you know, after COVID it's a little scary still, but, and I've noticed a lot of prices going up on menus and stuff and, you know, people bitch about it, but it's like, you, you know, what do you expect? Like, you know, chicken is at all time high price. Beef is at an all time high price, and mm-hmm. and people need to go out and support their restaurants. Go out for a cocktail, go out for you know bite tea, and support your local restaurants because that's the soul of your city, and and that's how you can really make a place shine. So you'd be so grumpy. PP, the public just doesn't understand how lost and grumpy they'd be without someone else feeding them and, and whining and dining them. Oh and it's my like, God. It's, it's just, you've had it too good for too long. And the reality of how hard it is to make money and keep your restaurant open. It's, it's just, it, people are not waking up to it. And I, I wish they yeah. would a little more. It's oh my just be- God. Like since the beginning of time, basically nobody even made their own bread. There was always <laughs> a place for bread, right. you know, like right, that's right. it's someone's always, yeah. Is there to do it? And like, I don't know, just all the feels associated with it. And I think, Ty, like you and I have always shared that love that like the romantic side of the industry, you know, to like have a great time and like beautiful ingredients and like, you know, and yeah. So at least that's where I think we bond. And I think, I don't know. And maybe I'm on my, on our side of the family, on the, on the Hess side, I think maybe I'm the favorite cousin. (laughs) Although I met a bunch of cousins on Ty's mom's side and I was like, why have I never fucking met you guys? Like (laughs) we had such a fun time. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just, I just think your story is so great. And I'm, I'm really glad you were here to, to chat with us today. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, anytime. Super summary. Gotta say grilling and being yeah. a river rat. That's yeah. I'm like, Oh, I mean, is it, I mean, this is almost like our summer solstice episode is what I'm saying. You oh, know? Yeah, totally. yeah. I've got a river trip coming up and I'm planning the menu right now. And I'm going to blow <sighs> people away. It's going to be great. That, is that nights. just buddies, just friends? Yeah, just friends. That's the way I like it. Um, so, yeah, seven nights. I'm, I'm planning the menu. I'm going to bring oh the Traeger God. on the boat. What? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Where do the pellets live? Uh, in- pellet boat. <laughs> pellet raft. The old pellet boat. Hopefully we don't flip. So keep our Don't flip our those pellets. pellets. Yeah. Dry bag. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I would like to, I would like to get out on the river with you at some point, maybe next season Yeah, would be your mm-hmm. sister just hit me up asking cause they're coming through. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. She just got, um, I'm just going to tell everybody that my sister is recovering safely from breast reduction surgery, which she had yesterday. Oh, um, congrats. A lifelong dream as an adult woman that she's had for many years and we wish her well. So yeah, just know it's going to be a whole, she's going to be a lot. She probably won't float as well on the river as she <laughs> would but she, if she flips Ty, I'm just going to yeah. say that. Oh well, awesome! I God damn it! I hope we see each other again soon. Totally. Um, yeah, I think I'm doing a photo shoot out there in the next uh, couple months. I'll hit you up. In LA, or are you going to yeah. be further south? In LA. Oh my oh God! My goodness, you yeah. hit us up, Ty, and we'll, we'll take a we'll take a selfies together take, and post it for everybody. Take me to a Dodgers game, even though yeah, yeah, we um, can go to a Dodgers game. All right, right on. Absolute month. Give me the dates. I'll look at the I'll look at the shed. We'll do it. We'll get it done, and then uh, we'll get our buns out to Utah to see you and and yeah. your your fams. That would be amazing. Totally. Well, I just want to say, you guys, uh, this podcast is awesome, and like I tell all my friends about it, and try, uh, try and spread the love, and you know, thank uh, you. You know, it's something like this that should have come along a long time ago, and I love you guys poke fun and make fun of shitty guests. That one's really yeah. fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you have, did you have a shitty guest tell you'd like to tell before we leave oh, today? Man. It's like, I, we can't go out for another hour, Andrea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Val, Kilmer was a, Val Kilmer was <gasps> a piece of work. <laughs> wow. Pretty hungover. Fuck. But anyways, we won't get into that. Ooh. <laughs> well, it's all right. We'll just do a very specific uh, Val Kilmer episode upcoming story. Yeah, you could do like a celebrity story, like celebrity survey story would be kind of fun. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. We'll they have you back on. Don't even worry. All worries. the time. Mm-hmm. He's also a nightmare to dress because my my boyfriend's uh, sisters are costume designers and they have to take the labels out of clothing that fits him and put in the size that he thinks he is. He, oh, wow. well, anyways, it's it's a whole thing. I got some Bill we Murray should... stories too. So oh, nice. We should make specific cocktails and have a hot goss episode where we just, the fun. three of us, just like, just get schnockered and gab. Well, you guys That's are in me. LA. I'm sure you can recruit some stories. Oh, yeah. It's true. It's time that we went after at after that don't you let's, think let's drag some let's burn some of those celebrities down for their oh, bad tipping oh boy habits. oh boy oh boy oh boy all right well ty we love you thank you so much for being on uh brooke you know what we say at the end of every episode godspeed and good tips we'll talk to you guys next week cheers